Well, Merry Christmas, family. I love Christmas. I love what it stands for. I love for I love the ceremony around it. I love that Jesus is lifted up even even though Santa might be lifted up more in this world. Jesus is not ignored and we lift up Christ above all. I'm grateful for that. Have you ever you know, there, there's a torment about Christmas to an extent. Let me tell you my torment story. When I was growing up, some of you can relate to this. Our Italian family were intent on tormenting all the children. And uh, what we did is we would arrive to uh, the family gathering, whatever house that was. And then um, it was usually in the afternoon presents all around the tree and everybody brought their their presents and all of that and uh, and what happened was you couldn't open a present until midnight anybody have that that rule nobody had that rule see my family was particularly tormenting uh, about that and so all we would do you know you go through the whole time and you're waiting and waiting anticipating and it just, you know, and it's only 5 o'clock. And then, you know, when are we going to do it? And then it's later. And, uh, and that anticipation. Um, unfortunately, the anticipation would get higher than the value of the present that you got. So, you know, you would have this great excitement and then you get a bag of underwear or something. So, <laughs> well, our story, what we're looking at today is a story of two individuals who, in fact, had a great anticipation, and the present that they received was far greater than what they anticipated. The story is one that's often neglected during this Christmas season. It's forgotten, and yet it's, it happened actually after the birth of Christ, but before the wise men showed up. And so it's even though the wise men are always in the Christmas story, this couple, I should say they're not a couple, but these two people were not. And some of you already know where we're headed. And we're looking at the, at this, the anticipation and the, um, the revelation of God to Simeon and Anna. Anna's story is an interesting one because she um, was married for seven years and her husband passed away. And she decided from the time of her husband's passing to serve the Lord in the temple the rest of her life. So she went and she served. And the, the scripture says that she spent her time in prayer and fasting and seeking God and worshiping the Lord in the temple her entire life. She, at this point, is over 100 years old. Some estimate somewhere around 105 to 106 years old. And she has been serving the Lord all that time and worshiping the Lord in anticipation. And the parents of Jesus show up. Mary and Joseph show up with the baby in the temple. 
and she is able to see it. The other individual is a man named Simeon, and he is a, he, he is a man who, well, let's take a look at the story. It's in Luke chapter 2, and um, we'll start in verse number 22. Now, when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So this was the time of Jesus' dedication. It's about 40 days after his birth. Eight days after his birth, Jesus was circumcised and he was given his name, Jesus. The, the name that the angel had given to Mary, that he would be Jesus the Savior. And so they now, after 40 days of her purification, were at the temple and they were at the place to, to bring sacrifice for their firstborn son. He was dedicated to the Lord and, uh, and the firstborn was in fact to be dedicated to the Lord for the Lord's service. In fact, their, their responsibility was to actually serve in the temple. But God made a provision for that. And instead of having the firstborn serve in the temple, he took an entire tribe named Levi, and they became the priests of the temple, but sacrifice needed to be made on behalf of the firstborn. And so it reads like this, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. That's every male that, that, that uh, has you know, opened the womb, the firstborn, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now, what they offered to the Lord was the offering of people who were fairly poor, not the poorest of the poor. The poorest of the poor could offer meal. They could offer grain to the Lord, uh, in the offering, the, the person who could afford it would offer a lamb to the Lord on behalf of their child, but they are offering the offering that was, uh, that, that was for those who could afford the turtle doves, which was much less than, of course, a lamb. So they weren't wealthy people, but they were obviously not the poorest of the poor as well. But they're, what they're doing is they're bringing their offering to the Lord on behalf. And as they're there, it says in verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. I love that because what you see in both of these lives of Anna and Simeon is that their life was devoted to the Lord. And what you, you also see in this story is a revelation, an understanding of of, of God and of what the Lord is doing and the prophecies that God has given in the Old Testament, they have an understanding of this because they're anticipating the coming of the Messiah. And why did they see it and so many missed it? And I would say to you, the reason they were able to see it was because God reveals himself to those who are devoted to him. That when you are devoted to God and you focus your life on the Lord, you're more able to hear what God is wanting to speak to you. When God is just a side note in your life, you'll not hear him. It'll only be on rare occasions that God might break through 
on, uh, to, to speak to your life, but you will not live in ongoing understanding and revelation from God if you're not devoted to him. And so these two are devoted to the Lord. And it says of Simeon, he is just and devoted, waiting for the consolation, or that is the comfort of Israel. And that was just a term used of the Messiah. They were waiting for the Savior who is to come, the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. I, uh, the, the, the fact that this man had the Holy Spirit upon him uh, was the key to him understanding what God was about to do. He had the Holy Spirit upon him. And we're actually commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As followers of Christ, it is not an option. It is a command of the Lord to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, I, do I have any control over that? Actually, you, you wouldn't be commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit if there wasn't some part that you play in being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you are filled with the Holy Spirit. According to Ephesians, the scripture says that when you focus on God with praise and worship, the scripture says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And as you express worship to the Lord and you invite, the Bible says, if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he will fill you that you ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, you can walk daily filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to say that being filled with the Holy Spirit is more than what Simeon had. What Simeon had was the Holy Spirit upon him. We can have the Holy Spirit filling us because of the new covenant, because Jesus Christ has already paid the price and because of the, the, the new covenant in Christ that the Holy Spirit is in us. The hope the scripture says, that we have is because of that. The mystery that Paul preached, we've been talking about, is this powerful work of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know, I am considering 2022 for our church is as a year of the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I'm not saying that we're not, we're going to, you know, that's the only thing we're going to talk about. But I believe that we need to take some time and focus the first part of the year talking about the Holy Spirit and talking about how we can be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I think some of us have never even touched the potential in our life because we have not known, we have not received the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and God wants to fill us up overflowing. And I really believe that that is something that we can make ourselves available to in a new dimension in our life. Totally biblical. We're going to walk through it, and we're going to we're going to show you scripturally how this works in our life. But I'm going to believe I'm going to believe that God is going to take us to a new level in our walk with God by being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we we need to focus on that. Now, look at what it says. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's. Christ or the Messiah. Remember the word Christ is Messiah. There, it's the one that God had promised that would come in the future and they would see the Lord's Messiah. Simeon has now been looking, but you know what? There hadn't been too much talk about the Lord's Messiah for a long time. 
think about this. By this, at this point, uh, while Simeon is now looking for the Messiah, it, it hadn't been. It had been 2,100 years since Abraham received the promise of the Messiah coming. So it's been a long wait. And it's been over 400 years since any prophet had even mentioned the coming of the Messiah. And although the prophets of the Old Testament all are focused, in fact, the entire Old Testament is focused on Jesus. If, if, if you don't see Jesus in it, you're really missing, as you're going through the Scriptures, everything that is in the Old Testament at some point focuses toward Christ. Every sacrifice made, every law given, everything about, you know, the, the redemptive process is a picture of Christ and his coming, the Messiah. And so this looking for, even though it has been there, it has, well, peop, as people wait and keep waiting and keep waiting, pretty soon they kind of forget and they kind of lose track and they kind of don't remember what, what they could have known there's pretty much about this time would be the time in which the Messiah had to come because Daniel had prophesied the time or the, 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 the time frame in which the Messiah would have to die for the sins of the world. And if someone would have been on top of that, they would have known it was probably, they wouldn't know the day or the hour or anything like that, but they would know the approximate time that Messiah must be coming around. And, and I believe it was because both the Holy Spirit and the full understanding of Simeon, that you can see that Simeon is a man of the word of God. And because of that, Simeon was able to know it must be around that time. And he was hoping maybe that he would see the Messiah and the Lord tells him, you're going to. You're going to be alive. You're going to see. And so he's anticipating it. So what we see is that Simeon is starting to understand. In fact, we see it revealed here in this next portion that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise. I just want you, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise. Jesus is not just some guy who showed up on the scene and he's, he's a great man and a good teacher and someone we ought to follow because he's been kind of a great guy. No, everything that God has revealed throughout the centuries has been about Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of all that God has revealed throughout the Old Testament. Hundreds of prophetic words, hundreds of prophecies about Jesus. And more than the hundreds of prophecies directly spoken about what Jesus would do and who he is, the, the, the symbolism and all of the, uh, all the, uh, and the you know, um, all the parables and all the stories of the Old Testament focus on Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. We sing that song, Jesus is the center of it all. He is the center of it all. He always has been. So Jesus isn't just some kind of, you know, some guy that rises up and we find him to be kind of a spiritual guy. No, Jesus is the one and only Christ, Messiah, who God had prepared had this desired and planned to be the redeemer of the world. And so it came to pass, came, came, so he, he came by the Spirit into the temple, it says in verse 27, 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, uh, child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Can you imagine that what he's, as he grabs a hold of Jesus, he grabs a hold of this baby, he understands what even the parents, even what Mary and Joseph don't fully understand. He understands something about who this is. And he, he takes this child and he raises this child up. And he says, he says Lord, now, now I can die. That's basically what he's saying, now I can die. Now I can go. I, I've seen according to your word. And, and he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. What he was holding in his, in his arms was salvation. I want you to see that he doesn't say, my eyes have seen your provision for salvation. I, my eyes have seen the sacrifice for salvation. My eyes have seen, not, he's not, none of those things. I, my eyes have seen now just the way of salvation. It's more than all of those, and all of those are true. But my eyes have seen your salvation because salvation is in the person of Jesus. It's in the person of Jesus himself is salvation. First John, John says it this way in John 5, 11, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and his life is in his son. Jesus is salvation, folks. He is salvation. Not only that, but he's also, what, what Simeon is showing us and what we see is that Jesus is not just Savior. He, he's Savior for everyone. He's Savior for everyone. He, he, notice it says, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. All peoples. That Jesus is the Savior for everyone. It isn't just for the Jews. It isn't just for a small group of people. He is a savior of the world. It tells us in Revelation 22, John writes, he says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, whosoever will, let him come. Let him take the water of life freely. Everyone that wants to, everyone can come. You can come to Jesus. Jesus is the only Savior. But so, if you want a Savior, he is it. He is it. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 32, it says that he is a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And and Isaiah 42, 6 says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people as a light to the Gentiles. See, I think Simeon knew this scripture. I think he knew these scriptures. And what he's re saying, what he's sharing is what's come out of the God's word into his heart as he was anticipating the coming of Jesus. 
He, he had read Isaiah 42, 7 that says, to, the op uh, to, open, uh, to, to open blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, to those who sit in darkness from the prison house. He, he, he had known that. See, he know, knew that Jesus was coming, the Messiah was going to come to the Gentiles too. How many are happy about that? Yeah, yeah. They are the heathen, the adulterers, the rejecters of, of the revealed God of the time. But that's who Jesus came to. And, and it says, and, and the glory of your people Israel. So he hasn't forgot or neglected them. And then he prophesies. In Luke 2, verse 33, it says, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken to him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. See, there'll be those who will fall because of him and there'll be those who will rise because of him. There'll be those who will die because of him, and then those who will rise from the grave because of him. And there will be those who stand up for him who will be persecuted and be spoken against. Jesus is the most polarizing name in the world. What did he do? What did he do to be so polarizing today? I mean, people use his name in a cuss word. You don't say, no one ever says, oh, Muhammad, or oh, Krishna, or Buddha. They don't use those names in a cuss word. Why do they use Jesus' name? Why, why is Jesus both venerated and hated? I, the only thing I see is he loved too much. That's really, if you're, if you're going to accuse Jesus, you have to accuse him of loving way too much. So the world is not divided by all the divisions that people say that we're divided from. This is how the world is divided. It's divided from the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. It's divided in this way. Either you fall down and worship him like the wise men or you're going to join King Herod and be on the, the side of those who wanted to kill him. You say, I, I, I didn't want to kill him. No, I'm just saying, what side are you on? The one that will worship him because there's only two sides are those who are against him. And Jesus this is what Simeon is saying. This is what he's telling Mary. Isn't that good news? <laughs> I mean, you're Mary, right? You got this new baby, and this guy's prophesying your kid is going to be the divider. Your kid is going to cause some, many to rise and many to fall in Israel. Your child, well, he's going to be spoken evil of. Oh, thank you. Give my kid back, you know? Simeon's prophesying, he, he, he's, the, the Holy Spirit is telling him who the, is, is really telling 
Mary and Joseph who their child is. And then he says this, and yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary, you're going to experience the pain too in your life. You're, you're going to see your son crucified. You're going to see the life taken from him. You're going to see the suffering that he goes through. Mary, it's going to pierce your heart also. But then he says, this is why, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The, the, you can hide things, but Jesus reveals your heart. The heart that, that, that is a heart toward God will discover Christ to be real. The heart that really wants somehow to know God, to have God in their life. When Jesus is preached, hearts that want God are attracted to him. Hearts are revealed by how you respond to Jesus. And that's what Simeon's saying. He said the thoughts of many hearts are going to be revealed. Jesus' flesh, he says, will be pierced, but Mary, your soul is going to be pierced. Now, I want you to see that as he's holding this baby and he's prophesying, he takes, he takes Mary all the way to the end because you cannot separate Christmas from Good Friday and Easter. You can't, there, that, that, that's the point. The point of Christmas isn't a baby coming. The point of Christmas is a, that the Son of God has come that he might die for the sins of the world. The, the, the point of the birth of Christ is the glory of God and peace on earth and goodwill toward men that only happens at the end of his life, not fully. It's demonstrated through his life, but it only happens at the end of his life. Jesus came, this is how he, how was it described, to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the purpose. The reason we celebrate a baby in a manger is because he grew up and he died for us. We're not baby worshipers, we're God worshipers. And that baby was God in human flesh who came for the sins of the world. So on that day, Mary and, I mean, uh, Mary and, and, and Joseph learned something. They learned, they learned something about the child they would be raising. They, they, Mary already knew he was birthed by the Holy Spirit. But now there's more revelation coming about who he is as the Holy Spirit is speaking through a prophetic voice and telling her what is about to happen in this child. See, Jesus is more than just kind of some child who was born sometime. He was more than just even a couple of prophetic words about him being in Bethlehem at a certain time. Jesus is the focus, the center. He's the everything, folks. He is the center of our lives. 
it's, 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 not, it's not just Christmas. It's the birth of the Son of God who died for you and me. And he is worth, worthy of all praise and glory and honor in every way. And the devoted, they get to see that in ways that others don't. So I want to ask you a question. And I'm kind of asking this morning, I'm asking to probably the already convinced you're here today. And in those who might, maybe could not be here, but would love to be, and they're watching online. Maybe that's the case too. But I want to ask you, what is the focus of your life? I find it so interesting at Christmas time. Carol and I, on our way in, we're passing, it's a, a, a church in our community we pass by every week, and they, they had built a new building, and there, it's kind of an exciting thing happening in the church. We can see the church kind of growing and all of that. We, we drove by this morning, and the parking lot was pretty empty. And uh, she said, wow, it's down. I said, yeah, it's because it's Christmas. Because <laughs> really, right? I mean, Christmas isn't about Jesus. I'm being sarcastic. Isn't it about Jesus? Isn't that what all this is? I'm, I'm, I, I like the fun parts. I like the, the Christmas trees and the decorations and the presents and all of that. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm, I'm not, you know, bah humbug. But I'm just saying, what are we missing if that's all we have? We're missing the greatest opportunity to worship the Son of God in a way that is special at this season. Jesus, who came for us. I'm grateful for that. Come all ye faithful, right? I love, what child is this who's laid to rest in Mary's lap? Let me tell you what child this is. He's the Son of God who came to die for you and me. What a savior. What a day. What a great season to worship him. Shall we continue? Father, I thank you because in you there is life. Because of Jesus, our savior. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you. Lord, we want to worship you like the wise men did. Bring our gifts of not gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but our lives and fresh to you, and Lord, to express our hearts to you and to say to you, Jesus, Lord, we are devoted to you. We are sold out to you, O Lord. We put you first above everything else. You are the center not only of this season, but you're the center of our lives, and we give you thanks. And Lord, wherever there is anyone here or online today, that is watching this and has not given their life to you, I pray that they would open their heart and say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my savior. Cleanse my soul and help me to follow you. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.
Would you stand with us as we worship the Lord together? Sing, the King has come. The King has come to earth. Come see the baby born in Bethlehem. Our King has come to earth. Bring tidings of goodwill and peace to Worship, come worship this king. We worship our king. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Light of the world. There's freedom in his name. Awesome in power. The King is in the room. Come see the scars of love upon his head. The King is in the room. We'll watch the darkness flee at his command. this place is in the world no soul beyond the boundaries of his place resurrection power in his name his name is Jesus his name is never been a love so great. He died so we could live. Then he rose up from that grave. Name another king like this. Now all authority forever belongs to him. He reigns in victory. Name another king like this. Oh, there's never been a
Jesus, we worship you. We honor you. Can you sense the presence of the Lord in the room right now? Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Lord, I speak freedom in the name of Jesus this morning and healing in the name of Jesus and salvation in the name of Jesus. to Jesus. Christmas church. God bless you. We will see you Friday night for Christmas Eve service, okay? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Light of the world. There's freedom.